Hello and welcome back to the 10th episode of the Oligarchy Disruptor with your host, Benelion. And today we have a very interesting episode lined up for you guys in which we talk about the infamous uh, Hong Kong protests that went on very recently and all the dissatisfaction that went on there when you saw those millions of protesters come out to the streets to protest the Chinese government uh, interfering with their uh, freedoms and liberties. So we also have the lovely Ashley Downing as always, and we also have a very special guest today, Meg Thomas, who has been studying Chinese people, culture, and the language for at least 12 years, and she's been to China multiple times and also has a degree in international business. So um, with that being said, I hope you guys enjoy the show, and thank you so much for your support. Well, they don't want to be a part of it because for the last, you know, 100 years, they were part of a Western society. Mm -hmm. So now you're giving them a totally different standpoint on how their society works. They were not a communist country or working towards communist country. Absolutely. They didn't have to abide by those rules. Maybe we should elaborate. They didn't have that ideology. Maybe we should elaborate why that is. Right. So um, the Brit England owned Hong Kong until 1997. And after that, there was a rule about China being one country, but having, um, I believe it was like separate policies. Uh, yeah, like one country, two uh, two systems. systems. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, one country, two yes. systems. Yes. Um, yeah. But when you, for the last hundred years, have more of a individualist culture move into, you know, and then try to go back to a collectivist culture, you're going to have people speak out against it. Absolutely. But the question is, and that the question that I was alluding to is that, like, now is that right? Like, I ex- we accepted, like, that the people, mm-hmm. when they accept it, but Hong Kong and mm-hmm. their city does not accept it. So what do we do in that case? Do we support uh, Hong Kong and their freedoms and the, the freedoms that they've been used to, they were entitled to when they were born? Or do we mm-hmm. support mainland China and their sovereign rights and, like, the legalities of the contract that they signed with? uh britain in 97 uh Hmm. i mean there's like a legal standpoint and i'm assuming the legal standpoint will probably win i think china will Mm -hmm. end up uh like ruling over hong kong uh eventually but i mean uh, isn't there a day like i don't know (laughs) i don't think they're gonna go down without like a fight isn't Mm -mm. isn't there a year um that I, f- I forget. It's like there, there's a year that this runs out or something. Um, I'm not it's sure if it's 90, like... It's a 99-year contract. Yes, exactly. So then um, it would... From 97. So I was... When I was kind of reading about this, it almost seemed like the um, older generation is wanting it to just go back and... Hong Kong to be part of mainland China and have this, you know, one, one country, one system. But then um, the protesters, which are, I, I, from what I gather, seem to be of all ages, um, definitely mm-hmm. a younger population also, but of all ages, are really um, pushing back against this idea of having any sort of connection with mainland China it almost reminds me of a Tibet China 
mm-hmm. ordeal where it's like they almost want to be there. They want to have their own autonomy. Mm-hmm. And ha- I think it's, a, it's very analogous to the Taiwan situation as well. You're having countries that have gotten different types of freedom and have absorbed different cultural uh, influences. For example, Hong Kong speaks Cantonese, whereas mainland China speaks Putonghua, which is uh, Mandarin. Mm-hmm. So you have these differences now in culture. And so that really influences in how the people are going to react when you try to put them in a box and say, no, now you're a part of us in this specific culture. It, it feels like they're almost getting stripped of not only their rights, but also a little bit of their culture because they're just being absorbed back into China. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's also an identity crisis, if you if you know what I mean. Like they they don't want to be... China, they want to be Hong Kong because Hong Kong has been its own thing for such a long time. Definitely. Well, and then I guess if you're um, a son or a daughter of um, a relative, a mother or grandparent who is not with the protests, who is okay with going back to, um, you know, Mm -hmm. joining mainland China, I can see how that would really be a conflict within families. Also, mm-hmm. you know, what an identity crisis that would be. You know, they had, do have such a westernized culture in comparison. And mm-hmm. to just think, we think that these policies are crazy. I mean, just imagine if one day that was a threat to us. You know, we were going to have that taken away from us. Absolutely. I mean, there's a, obviously a very big difference between the people and their ideology in Hong Kong versus the people of the United States. But definitely, definitely. more of independent ideas and because they were part of a more um, Western and less collectivist society. So I think people are just going to speak out more so. And the, correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't, I know in China protesters are usually not taken over very well, but I'm not really sure what the legality of it is in Hong Kong. Because they do have different policies. I mean, I would probably, I would think so, but I have no idea what that are. I know that the protests have, um, they escalated a lot, especially as of, as of June. I know that mm-hmm. they gathered a lot more support strictly based on videos that were streaming mm-hmm. from right. po- police, either like um, using excessive force or... Um, just had like altercations with police basically was um well this is because they wanted to extradite fugitives from hong kong to be trialed into mainland china exactly and i think yeah. which that's that's very questionable because the things that are legal in mainland china and things that are legal in hong kong are not going to be the same thing so hypothetically, you could take someone doing something, someone doing something legal in Hong Kong, and expedite them to China and prosecute them on that. What? Which well, and if is and if you committed a crime in Hong Kong, it also mm-hmm. makes me wonder that if you're extradited to China, could they then mm-hmm. add crime X, Y, and Z on top of mm-hmm. your other crime because mm-hmm. now you're in China and that was a crime in China? Right. Absolutely. Um, yeah, so, uh, when it comes to the protests, uh, maybe we should backtrack a little bit. We mentioned that there's like, uh, there's like a constitution, there was like a treaty that was signed. 
Um, but mm-hmm. let's start like from the very beginning like that. Uh, this basically started with like uh, a murder. Like some guy was in like Taiwan, I guess, and he killed his girlfriend. And then he went back. The guy was Chinese. He went back to China, uh, to China and the girl was Taiwanese. Uh, but he took her body back to mm. China with him and they couldn't extradite him back to Taiwan to get uh, tried because uh, he was um, there is no treaty for extradition. So it started that way. And I guess with that extradition, they kind of wanted mm. to implement it also with Hong Kong. Uh, and that's when they uh, like the shit hit the fan there and uh, the protests started happening. Um, but what I also wanted to mention uh, now that you mentioned like those like uh the legal part of it is that like the the legal sector in hong kong they actually staged like a really big protest like i think like one of the biggest ever in china um where like professional like lawyers and like uh scribes and all these people um just marched uh in so and like against this constitution that's being signed against this extradition um but maybe we should explain why they don't want uh to get extradited back to mainland Right. I mean, like we said before, um, crimes that are or quote unquote crimes, because things could be legal in Hong Kong that are now illegal in mainland China. Um, For example, I know when I went to China, I needed a VPN to access Facebook or Twitter or any of our social media platforms that we use because they're not allowed in mainland China. So then you're potentially opening yourself up to a whole different world of legality if you're, you know, going from Hong Kong to China. Because even when going to Hong Kong, you don't need a visa. But for mainland China, you do. So there's just so many different rules that it's hard to cross over and to say, yes, now we can take people doing things that we consider wrong in China from Hong Kong and then put them on trial. Absolutely. And have you actually been to Hong Kong? I'm assuming you have. I have not. I have been to a lot of cities all over um, China, and I've also been to Taiwan, which has given me a completely different view on how I would view, you know, the relationship between Taiwan and China, but I have not yet been to Hong Kong. Interesting. And why, why haven't you made the, the track up out of curiosity? Um, I'm not sure yet. I, I speak Mandarin. I don't speak Cantonese. So <laughs> my, um, my desire is to want to go to a country where, or not a, a, a place. I've been wanting to go to places where I can speak the language. Nice, that's an that's an interesting. But I definitely will make it out there. Okay, cool. That's an interesting condition. <laughs> okay, cool. It's uh, a challenge, right? Yeah, it's a nice <laughs> yes. challenge. Like absolutely. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, so, anything else we want to mention about the protest before we continue on to the next thing? Oh, I wanted to mention uh, the symbol, uh, the, the symbol of the umbrellas. I noticed that when all the protesters were out, all the umbrellas they they all had umbrellas. Um, Maybe we should elaborate a little bit more about that. If we know about that. I, yeah, yeah, go for it. <laughs> okay, sounds good. Um, so the umbrellas um, in the protests uh, were like symbolic, I guess, of like um, uh, like the, democ- the democracy and like the political movement. So this is actually representing a political movement that began in like 2014, I guess. Um, 
and mm -hmm. its name rose from the use of umbrellas as a tool for passive resistance to the Hong Kong police force. Um, oh. So they just started using it against uh, when the police started like pepper spraying them to like disperse the crowd and stuff and like use all these things against them. They would use their umbrellas to kind of like defend themselves against it. So it kind of became like a symbol of the resistance against like the state. Hmm. So interesting, right, guys? Definitely. That is very interesting. Yeah, I'm actually finding some really good photographs we should post later. They're really cool. Yeah, we'll put them on. Uh, where are you finding them on? Like Twitter and stuff? Um, funny enough, this is, uh, I just clicked on the first link, so don't say anything, but it's Bloomberg.com. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> nice. I know, how hilarious. That is funny. Okay, so I think that's a good place to uh, wrap up that part of it with, like, the protests and all that, but, um... Oh, yeah. another thing um, about, so I know in Chinese, when you're gift giving, there's a couple rules and the word for umbrella. So when in China, you should not gift someone an umbrella because it's san, which means it sounds like the word san, which means to separate. So I think that's also a symbolic way of using the language. Oh. And like a barrier, like a physical barrier. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yes. So not only are they using... Um, it has a physical barrier, but also in their language. Interesting. Wow, that's really interesting. I wouldn't have known that. I don't know Mandarin. <laughs> <laughs> I know okay. very little. <laughs> very, very little. I know. Um, yeah, I'm not even going to try it. <laughs> okay, cool. Um, let's see. Uh, so. Alrighty, guys, let's just wrap it up here. Um, this was a really, really interesting conversation, actually. I loved it. Uh, the Hong Kong protests are an absolutely uh, super interesting phenomenon that happened within China. Um, and I think it's something that everybody should take note of, that there's like a democratic uh, uprising within the borders of China. So that's very interesting, at, at least I think. So um, we'll wrap it up here. You can follow us once again on Facebook at the Oligarchy Disruptor Podcast. You can follow Ashley at Ash the Disruptor on Twitter. You can follow me at Ben the Disruptor at Twitter uh, or on Twitter as well. And um, don't, also don't forget to, uh, to vote. Uh, this is a very, very important election. We all know what's coming up. Uh, what the threat is um, when it comes to Donald Trump being in the White House. Uh, let's elect, let's vote our conscience and vote the best person that can do the job the best. All right, well, we'll see you next time. Thanks so much for your support and thanks for tuning in.